Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, the podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be splitting our screen and talking about Game for System. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. I'm Kyle. We've also got... <laughs> I was like, we didn't discuss how that was going to work. God damn it, Kyle. <laughs> I'm Lisa. And I'm Kyle. I can't. I can't. It's so bad. Let's talk games. Let's go. Good luck editing that nightmare. <laughs> so, welcome to our special co-op episode it's coast to coast co-op in a podcast form yeah yeah we're, we're trying to record this co-op this is a couch to couch co-op co-pod. recording co-pod. combo co-op yeah, co- co-pod co-pod we'll see how this works so the the premise the general premise of the episode is going to be we're going to kind of talk about co-op games as a whole co-op games we've played experiences just co-op games in general because we realize we really never have had a general discussion on it and it's definitely worth discussing in general because co-op games are something that you know everyone needs to talk about but also it uh, very directly applies to this podcast we're definitely not doing this because we're falling behind and playing final fantasy 8 shut up chris <laughs> so even though it's a special episode that doesn't mean we're going to skip on a very important part of our podcast which is today's video game trope of the day trope of the I should have told you to say that. <laughs> Day? Th- this is literally Good how enough. every co-op game we play goes. <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is actually really, really well representing how, how our usual Tuesday nights go. And I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> also how that goes. God damn it. And I'm going to laugh so hard I'm going to need to take a pee break. <laughs> PC. PC. And if you're not getting any of the jokes that we're currently saying, watch us on Tuesdays for Coast to Coast Co-op on our Twitch channel, GWGW Show. When? Tuesdays at 5.45 Pacific, 8.45 Eastern. At twitch.tv slash GWGW Show. So, Chris, what's our video game trope of the day? Our trope of the day is friendly fire, which we are very, very familiar with in the video game sense. I'm really good at it. <laughs> Is that a good or bad thing? It's a bad it's thing. It's a bad thing, <laughs> but I am really good at it. So, f- Friendly Fire, if you are unfamiliar, it's that even when you're playing a game where you're all on the same team together, you can still hurt your teammate. <laughs> Some examples are like when Chris and I played Halo together. Uh, that was one of my favorite examples, because in Halo, you can absolutely just melee your co-op partner in the back of the head yeah. and instantly kill them. And I did that multiple, multiple times. times. <laughs> <laughs> this is enough of a problem that when we're picking co-op games, we specifically look for ones that don't have friendly fire at this point because it makes it easier for us. Yeah, because we played Magicka for a little bit, and that was a hot mess. We literally kept killing each other. You mean hot because Kyle literally set people on fire on purpose? (laughs) Yeah, and I did the same thing. 
those are definitely examples. We also have in a recent episode, StarCraft is when you're playing with someone, like when we're doing, when we as a group of four played against the computer, I didn't know what Chris looked like and started destroying his probes. And you went out of your way to do that. That's the best <laughs> because part. Because she thought it was an enemy. No, because you can right click on an enemy you and you attack him. You didn't give us enough him. time to learn the game. Yes, but you, she hit A to attack. <laughs> also, they show up as green or yellow, not red. <laughs> When you hover yeah. over them. Didn't know that. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that doesn't count. I, I thought you were going to go with things like siege tags can accidentally do friendly fire. Oh, that Splash works not, too. Splash damage. That's not, a very good point. Not you. You <laughs> go out of your way to attack your allies. I'm sorry. Allies. What did you do in Halo to me? Uh, the thing the that audience. was easy for the game to let me do. It was easy for me to attack your probe. It was real easy. Not if you know how the game works. Just saying. Roll easy. Yeah, so, fair enough. StarCraft 2. So the reason we bring this up is there are games where you're working on the same team that you cannot hurt your teammates. So, for example, in Super Mario 3D World, your fireballs will never hurt your teammates. They just can't. Right. So, so that's why Friendly Fire stands out in the games that you can hurt your teammates. Most people if they're like anything like us, end up being trolls and purposely hurting their teammates. Borderlands, there's no friendly fire. Borderlands, there's no friendly which, fire. Which, there's, there's literally uh, skills where you could heal your friends by shooting them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if there was friendly fire in uh, Full Metal uh, Furies. Furies? Full Metal Furies? Oh, oh my doomed. god. I mean, we're bad <sighs> enough as it is, but if you... <laughs> You added friendly fire on that one. It's why we don't play Magicka again. Yeah, we gave up on that. We were real bad. So as, as a friendly fire enthusiast, uh, as a semi-professional <laughs> troll, th there are these games that don't have it. You know, we, we, we talk about Super Mario 3D World, talk about a number of things, one of which is the Overcook. There's clearly no friendly fire there. Yeah. You can still do harm to your I don't, I don't your, know. We've thrown a lot members. of hot dogs. Yeah, through, that through is true. inaction can, or through actions that make life harder on those that you're meant to be that's, supporting. That's the difference between friendly blocking, fire and just griefing in general. Blocking the access because yes. we're both trying to go through the same spot. Yeah. Go back. Technically not friendly fire, but has the same result. <laughs> so even if a game doesn't explicitly support friendly fire... That doesn't mean that it's impossible to make the other people you're playing with hate you. Right, so... Go back to Doorstuck Counter-Strike uh, that I've talked about. Yes. It's it's not friendly fire, but you're just being a jerk. Portal 2. Yes. Portal 2, you're not shooting your teammate, but can you that drop them... That is true. Them... It's, not, it's not friendly fire. Right, but can you drop them into the soup just because, yes, you can. Or create the infinite loop. Well, because that game is so co-op. Like, it's not just like, hey, we're all doing our own thing and we're playing towards the same goal. Like, that is a very much a co-op puzzle game. Like, you need one yes. person to do one thing and the other person to do another thing. Absolutely. So you can really piss off your teammate <laughs> if you're not doing said thing. Absolutely. It, there was literally a YouTube video about it. We made robots. How long did it take a robot to turn around and kill the other robot? Ten seconds. Yeah, that's about right. Good job, robot. <laughs> so if you've ever dropped in for Coast to Coast Co-op and heard the phrase, Kyle! Uh, generally speaking, friendly fire not required. <laughs> Things like sitting idly during a, a Super Mario Party uh, minigame. 
can still work as friendly fire as you let host Chris knock you off of a, a platform, even though it's supposed <laughs> to be beating him. Anyway, so friendly fire is definitely a significant component to many, many co-op games. But more specifically, I think it's interesting of the games that purposely don't include friendly fire so that you don't screw your teammates over. So one way or another, friendly fire is something that almost every co-op game has to take into account, which is why it's today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Day! So we don't have a game of the episode. We're just talking about co-op games. What are we talking about? What goes into a co-op game? What kind of different co-op games are there? This is really important to us. Let's talk about it. Let's let's go into the nitty-gritty of co-op games. So just to start with, I want to talk about the different kinds of co-op games like externally. So how do you actually physically play these co-op games? So And these are these are co-op, not necessarily PvP. This is kind of a distinction. Very much not PvP. Yeah. Yeah, we are not, very not much pushing co-op. We're not talking about yeah. versus games. This is specifically games where you are supposed to work with your teammate towards a shared goal. And and yeah. again, co-op Games are obviously very important to this podcast. We play it every Tuesday, but it's really where we started everything is we were siblings who played games together and the games where we could actually be teammates working together lasted a lot longer than the games where we were fighting against each other. Absolutely. Because we didn't want to fight each other. Yeah, because normally it would then turn actually physical and we just, it never ended well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it so co-op games were really found like the foundation of our podcast but also for me our, my love of of video games was co-op mm-hmm. games because i i liked playing by myself i liked playing with other people and what other person was going to play with the more, majority of the time than chris so that's why we're we're doing this and we're covering this in general but that's also why i want to go into we're not talking about pvp we're talking about co-op today so there's different kinds of co-op that exists in the world right now the first that i want to talk about is of course couch co-op so this is when you're playing on the exact same system you're playing on the same tv on the same cartridge couch co-op two different versions of this there's split screen and shared screen when we're talking about this couch co-op so obviously like split screen is is things like your your old school golden eye which is not co-op obviously but just a different example also you're using your hands and i want to make fun of you about yeah i know Borderlands was split screen co-op on couch co-op? on couch co-op. Yeah, because you can walk to totally oh, different right, areas of the world. Yeah, Any, yeah. anything that's first person is going to be yeah. split screen. Right. So, so Borderlands first person shooters in general are going to be typically split screen co-ops because you can go different places by yourself um, while still right. working together. Versus a shared screen co-op would be like Gunstar Heroes, where you have to be on the same screen at the same time to do anything. Or Lego Star Wars. Or Lego Star Wars. Is, is another great example. Well, it depends on which Lego Star Wars you're playing and oh, which that's part true. of Lego that Star is Wars true. you're playing. Because, Lego because Star it actually Wars... has both split screen yeah. and shared screen, depending on if you're in the open world or in a level. And that's fascinating that you have that dichotomy within the same game, because it's very situational of what works best. So for first-person shooters, you really do need your own screen. Sharing a screen doesn't work when you're first person, but a game from a third person's perspective, it's a lot easier to split that. It doesn't have to be. Again, they, they're not exclusive to those two different things, but it, it, it makes more sense in each context. Yeah. It, it, I think it generally depends... 
how far does the game want you to get apart from each other? Because don't starve together, split screen, third person, mm -hmm. because you can walk to totally different areas mm -hmm. of the world. Right. Magicka, Super Mario 3D World, any of these things, you stay very close to each other. Yeah. Single, single shared screen. Absolutely. The first Lego Star Wars that we played wanted you to be real close together. Oh yeah, so much leave. so that it was like yeah. impossible to do to actually do things the way you wanted to at points in time because you were stuck. You couldn't, you couldn't even drag the camera back yeah. to where you wanted it to be. One you of the worst cameras I've dealt with, and that's in that area. I think a really interesting point to the limitations of each of these different kind of co-ops because shared screen, yeah, you have to be exactly around where your teammate is. So if you want to explore, you're really limited on exploration. A lot of times you have to tell them, hey, I'm going over here. Versus split screen, you have a lot more independence, but you have a smaller screen. And right. that, that can be a pain. Yeah. So those are our basics. We're, we'll get more into game examples for other, other stuff. We'll get more into details. The next type of co-op that is a obviously more modern version of co-op is online co-op. So these are the situations where you have the whole screen to yourself and you're playing with someone online. It can be third person, first person. Those you have so much more flexibility because you have your whole screen to yourself. But that's where it comes into the matter of the other person has to have the game normally as well. They have to have their own system. They have to have yeah, an online connection. Systems. This is where you get into do you pay for online access or not? If you don't, you can't play online co-op games. Like, that's this where that kind of comes This in. is probably the most common online co-op version, obviously. Yeah. It, at this point, in this day, current day and age, it is probably the most common version of co-op. So, like, single instance, single console, mm -hmm. even if it's first, third person, whatever. That's that's how it's typically set up now. Yeah. Which is incredibly frustrating because our preferred version is... Combo co-op! Which we like to call couch to couch co-op. Couch co to couch. Couch to couch. We, we call it that. That's not an uncommon term. No, because like the point is we want multiple people on one system being able to play with multiple people on another system. Yeah. It's so hard to find this version. So, so for example, if you've got four people... For example, two on each coast, and you want to be able to play co-op with two groups of two. This is surprisingly hard to do in the modern gaming... Sphere. Yeah. Yeah, and atmosphere. even... I will say even non-co-op games, so even if you're playing PvP games, there just aren't a lot of games that allow two users on one console to play with two users on a different console. So yeah. we're talking... This is why, if you ever watch our Coast to Coast on Tuesdays, we play a lot of Mario games because Nintendo in general is very good at creating these kind of games. Uh, caveat. Nintendo is crap at online systems in general, but when they do them, yeah. they are good at making sure they are combo co-op. That's a great point. I, I was, I was yeah. going to say that. It's like... They're not done well, but they, yeah. are, they are trying to have that availability. <laughs> but you can see it getting better over time, because like the Overcooked games, the first one didn't have any sort of like online play, and then the second one had combo, and then they put out the yeah. Fun story remake, about Overcooked was... <laughs> in the early days of of me living on the West Coast versus the rest of my family, this is pre-producer Kyle. Yeah, I was going to say, this is pre-PK. Pre-PK. <laughs> PPK? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a funny <laughs> 
<laughs> so it, I I wanted to play online with Chris and Lisa because I wanted to have a way to connect with them because that was something I really struggled with living on the other coast was staying connected with the East Coast. And this was pre, you know, days of everyone using Zoom and online videos and stuff like that. So I saw Overcooked Online. It looked like so much fun. I knew it was a game that I think both Chris and Lisa would really enjoy because Chris and I could play like Borderlands and everything, but it wasn't a game that Lisa would enjoy. And I really wanted everyone to play a game together. And I saw Overcooked and it was saying up to four players. And I was like, great, we should play this game. Let's do it. I'm so excited. And I bought them a gift card for the PlayStation Store to download Overcooked. And I was like, I already downloaded the game. We can play it online. It's going to be so much fun. And then we... I. Didn't do enough research back then, and it was like, oh, there's no online play for Overcooked at all. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, I mean, they still had fun playing the game. I don't think it was like a total loss. It was very upsetting because I really wanted to play with them, and I wasn't able to. It was just not a concept, yeah, early. And again, eventually they got there, obviously, because you could see us playing Overcooked constantly mm-hmm. in multiple versions yeah and and that was the fact that that's why when overcook all you could eat came out which was overcook one and two and all the dlcs combined we we got it because we had played overcook two together online but overcook one never had been online so we got to go and play that again which was so much fun and i'm glad we finally got to do that like four years after my <laughs> intended <laughs> gift but Except we can't throw stuff at each other we can't there. throw stuff in Overcooked 1 game. In Overcooked 1. But that that's why yeah. I think a lot more companies are starting to take that into account because gaming is, again, becoming a way that people are connecting more than ever before. And so giving that opportunity to connect easier for multiple people because, hey, here's a concept. There's more than one gamer in most households at this point. Like, mm-hmm. shocking everyone. So I, I'm going to, as a software engineer, historically, I am going to jump to the defense a little bit of the devs here in that when we talk about this, we say, there's couch co-op. Okay, so now you have to design the game in such a way where two different people sitting in the same household can play the game together and handle all the different things around that. Okay, or we have online co-op. I'm playing and I need to play with someone else somewhere else in the world keep that in sync handle all the things around what goes on to that combo co-op okay now do both of those things and keep the local stuff split in whatever ways they might be and the stuff across the world it is the hardest version of co-op to create from a an engineering and technology perspective just explicitly it is the combination of both of those things so games that choose to do one or games to choose to do the other as opposed to games that choose to do both there is an argument there that there is a limitation on the amount of what you can build by the time you have to ship a game. That's why some of these things come out with, with combo co-op later on in their in their development cycles and as DLCs and, and future patches and all that. But it is also the hardest thing to make from a, a co-op world. Sounds like Kyle's making a lot of excuses and that's unacceptable. Ha. I'm going <laughs> to say for... It might be the hardest, for... but it's, uh, it's doable now, so get on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say for combined screen co-op, there's no excuse because it's the same thing. You've got the same instance. You've got two instances. That's it. I'm also going to name and shame Castle Crashers. <laughs> when you oh release... My God. I, had, I had wiped that from my memory. When you release a version that's supposed to be couch-to-couch co-op and it's broken... So... And your response is... Broken. We're not going to fix this. That's not good. That's <laughs> That's Especially when that was supposed practice. to be a feature of the game is playing with your friends. 
Yeah, that was one of the first games we tried for Couch to Couch Co-op. And it was just like, oh, it keeps crashing, ironically and, enough. And we really based enjoyed on the name. it when it worked. When it worked, problem. it was a yeah. lot of fun. And then yeah, you, we kept trying. You, we kept trying and trying and did. trying. You go online, it's like, yeah, we're not going to fix this. It's like, what? And I think one of the other interesting things is that there is no sort of standardized what should this look like yeah. because you have you have games like Sackboy or Super Mario 3D World yeah. where it's you're in one screen and all four of you are there. You have Mario Kart where the two people here have a split screen, the two people there have a split screen, but you don't have the four person screen. Then you have games right, that do have right. everybody's in their own quadrant or uh, Mario Golf. How, how are you sometimes it's all out? one yeah. screen, sometimes it's split screen, sometimes it's all four screens. So there's there isn't really like a defined Yep. this is what it should look like and i think that's fine but i think it, it also shows that from a design perspective there always needs to be that understanding of like how should this work what should it look like what does multiplayer look like and co you know combo well that was like? that was their thing their their ambition out outpaced their reach because that was a, a a very indie studio yeah so like it was a very small group but like you've made it but then it didn't work and you just gave up. Yeah, like... and, but and beyond that, on bigger studios, we're talking about, let's let's be recent with our news. I was super excited that GoldenEye is finally on the Switch, online gameplay. You can play Go GoldenEye, not GoldenEye Source, GoldenEye, the original game, on the Switch. And we can't tell, and as far as I can tell, there's no couch, there's no combo co-op. And that's so disappointing. Or rather... It's, it's hard to tell prior to buying it whether or not there is. And explicitly, yeah. there isn't on the Xbox version. If there is, it is only oh. on the Switch version as an exclusive. And the Xbox version doesn't have online multiplayer for Goldeneye, a game that only exists as a multiplayer game for 90% of its people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's so... So we're getting better. There's still steps that we need to take to get there. But I think we've gone enough into the types of external co-ops let's get into the different types of co-op games in general so breaking down what does co-op actually mean because it's such a generic term and and we're talking about golden eye that's not a co-op game that's pvp so let's talk about the actual games where again you're on the same team working for the same goal as simple as that sounds there's still a lot of versions of that so let's let's get into those versions and i'm kyle i hate you so, what are the different types of co-op games? Like, we've talked about, like, the different styles in terms of how they're displayed. Yeah. But the mechanics of different co-op games. Right. The way I, I officially called it internal versus external. That's a me term. Mm -hmm. Don't think that's an industry term. We're very technical. Very here. technical. So, internal... On, on, on games we grew up with. Internal types of co-op. The first one we want to talk about is tag-along co-op. So, tag-along co-op is when one character is the leader. Like, it is their game. You're following their, their save. They have the focus of the camera. Everything else mm -hmm. is optional. You don't even need your secondary player. This is a second a, a person to help you out. This is the, when I read this description and was looking at it, I'm like, this is the little sibling you don't want to deal with co-op. <laughs> this is the hand the controller that's not connected to anything. Kind of so. It sort of is. So, in that sense, Sonic 2 is the perfect example because Tails Yes. Tails doesn't do anything by himself. He, if Sonic dies, game over. Tails doesn't matter that his Tails can die as many times as he wants. 
Don't matter. It's true. He come back. Tails is immortal. But he's still, he's still playing the game. But right? like Tails can still he can kind still of functioning yeah. mostly like a character. Exactly. Can still interact and Tails, with the world. This is how the very first time I beat Sonic Two was with one of my best friends growing up. She and I were playing Sonic Two. She was Sonic. I was Tails. She would hide in a corner, and I would do all the damage because I could die as many times as I wanted. On the yeah. that's just smart strategy. Robotnik that is on just, the Robotnik that is just fights. Full poof. Foolproof strategy. Exactly. And so that is Tagalong Cop. A more modern version of this, and it's not that much more modern, but a more modern version of this is Demon Souls and Dark Souls has this concept where you can summon someone into your game. They're essentially a ghost. They are whatever their figure looks like in their game, but they just glow in your version of the game, and they can die, but it doesn't affect your game. Your game continues on. So it's really a great way of playing these really classically stupid hard games. You bring in a friend. Hard on purpose games. Hard on purpose games. You bring in a friend who's super, super high leveled to help you out on some of those bosses. And even if they die, no big deal, but they can do significant damage. So they don't have to worry about dying as much because they can do significant damage in the process. So that's a tag-along co-op. There aren't a ton of examples of that, but... No, there's not Sonic a lot. Sonic 2 is definitely the quintessential version of this. Yeah. I, I believe the phrase is, it's the er example. Stop it. I almost said that, <laughs> and now I'm mad that you're mad. <laughs> I think a lot of them are in that era, though. Yeah, they're, they're, I agree. They're, that Of that era, again, it's the I need to do something with my little siblings era. <laughs> Does the dog in Duck Hunt count? Ooh, no, because you're not controlling no the dog. You're, you're controlling, controlling the duck. That's that's PvP. That's it's not PvP. That's PvP. It can be one or the other. It, you can either make it super easy or super hard. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Fair I mean, enough. Yeah, no, I agree. Go back to Magicka on that one. <laughs> so, the next type of co-op is assistant co-op. So, this is actually, as much as I call the little sibling co-op, the tagalong co-op, this is even beyond that. The assistant co-op is when a secondary character's help in indirect ways, but they genuinely don't do, they can't control anything directly. And this is a, like pilot and gunner situation the gunner doesn't move the ship doesn't control where they go doesn't decide anything they just shoot things i think this should be called afterthought co-op that's a valid point no that's That's a great great way to put it so (laughs) an early example an earlier i should say example of this was uh legend of zelda wind waker you can actually attach a game boy advance to your gamecube and they, the Game Boy Advance could control bombs that you would drop. That's all you could do. And you needed a genuinely a second system oh. to do this, which is kind of insane. But that's how you'd help is in like boss battles and stuff. You could just drop bombs. Uh, Late Gunstar. I was going to say Gunstar in particular is one where it has a level of this. Just one level of mm-hmm. it, but at the end. Just one level where there is a gunner. Yeah, exactly. And, and and so much so in Gunstar that when you look at speed runs and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, the gunner does everything because they can't die. They take no right. damage. So that's definitely falls in. A more modern, but still not that modern version. Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 as well as, Mar- as, well as Mario Odyssey have this concept that a second player can come in and kind of contribute but not do a ton mostly collecting uh, yeah, galaxy can... was my favorite i just shoot shoot all the star bits with yeah you get the bits 
Yeah, you use the bits and then you can collect things as well. I, I found Mario. Oh, you're the hat. You're what? What is Cappy? You're yeah, Cappy. I was like in Mario Odyssey, Odyssey, you're Cappy, of, so you can actually you're you, actually you have a full a on character. character. Yeah. yeah. In, uh, Odyssey. Yeah, in Odyssey versus in uh, Galaxy, you just kind of are there. I like how they could have left that concept out because, like, it was a, definitely an afterthought, but they kept it in because I think it was such like a funny thing to like to have this like sort of useless but maybe a little useful second player. So they made it a little they made it a little character. Yeah, because it's funny because in in Odyssey, it's actually a. At least Odyssey 2 that we saw for sure that during Games Done Quick um, was that one player would use a second controller to literally play the second player, but to collect things faster. It was a hack, oh. basically, for speedrunners to move the game faster was they had both controllers, one in each hand, and the second controller to collect things faster, which is kind of a fascinating that it was used by one player no, that makes sense. to be faster. You've definitely done that before when we're playing together. You want to play a co-op game? Yeah, sure. What are we going to play? Oh, it's uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, so am I Luigi? No, you're my hat. <laughs> you're Just the hat. Point, point at things. So, if it, again, it's not a very common style of co-op, but it it is something, it, it's apparently something Nintendo really leans into because both of our examples are Nintendo examples, but it's even less of an influence than the assistant co-op it's, you're just there. You don't need to be there. You don't do a ton, but you assistant. help. It is assistant. It's even less than the tag along. Yeah. There was there was very than- very very a very old school game of it was like a sort of MMO for a flight sim. It's kind of similar to like what War Thunder World of War planes is now. This was maybe oh god, must have been 20 years ago, but you could have someone like fly a bomber like an old b-17 bomber and people could man the turrets fascinating so it's like you're yeah it, it was a very very weird game that i played for like two seconds and then it wasn't sustainable so it stopped assistant is the nice version of the description of this uh style of multiplayer <laughs> assistant is even the even more removed version of tagalong co-op where you're, you you yeah. do even less than tagalong but it's like you could you could help but you don't need to be there you don't need to be there the 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 in fact some of these games a single player can play both characters just as easily as if two different people played both characters your job is mm. to make life easier on the person who's actually playing the game exactly yes that's a great way of putting it but that kind of moves us into the next category, which is while co-op, it's very separated because it's progress in turns. Yeah, it's co-op, but really it's just two people playing the same game. So it's a single player game, basically, but you have turns. So when you die, your teammate takes over. It's it, The other player takes over. The other player. Yeah, I guess you're not even teammates in no, that they're playing sense. their own game. Well, they play the same level as you. That depends on the game, I think, because some of them you progress based on who. It doesn't matter who. Exactly, that's my point. It doesn't matter like you are. It is co-op because you're. See, your journey is influenced by whoever producer so agrees with me. Where does the Gunstar (laughs) dice level fit into play here? Uh, I mean, yeah, going back at Gunstar as a microcosm of (laughs) every form of this macrocosm. (laughs) Yeah, macrocosm of co-op games. Yeah. No, so so Gunstar in general 
it's not quite progress in turns because if one per- if there's only one person on screen who dies, that's the end, period. But if only one person progresses, that's okay too. But then the dice game not in, is not in, in the turns. dice level. Yes, but the dice level's in turns, but you don't but both of you don't move to the same square. But to get through the level, it's one person gets to the end. Sure. Yeah. It's iffy. But the point is a better example of this is the original <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, where if you have a second player yeah. Luigi, I put in quotations if you... Green Mario. Green Mario. In the original game... Luigi before he went on a diet. (laughs) And got a growth spurt. And got a growth spurt of getting taller. Yeah. No, it's Luigi before his growth spurt, because it's like little kids who get fat and then they grow tall. (laughs) That's what it was. Uh, No, so when you look at it, it's Mario dies, and then it's Luigi's turn. I mean, Mario is, I think, the original perfect example of you... Play is a different character, but you're never on screen at the same time. You use the same progress, yes, but one person could beat the whole game by themselves and the other person would have to deal with that. Like, nothing changes. And Super Mario World, like, a a bunch of the Mario games, right? Like, the original Super Mario World. Donkey Kong Country is another great game because you have Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Yeah, so that's... You are on screen at the same... You can choose to switch there right or is that the one that you can choose to switch you can at one player uh when you're playing one player i don't think as two player you can choose to switch but at least you're in the same level at the same but you're not controlling it choose to switch in donkey kong country 2 ah still one or the other right even even if you're both on the screen at the same time two player cannot do anything you have zero control as the second player so it's always just one person in control until the other person either dies or gives up control. It's Donkey Kong Country 3, and you have to use the swap barrels. But of course. Very good. The other kind of way of looking at this is, like, Civ games. The term that that apparently Lisa hates and you have never heard of is 4X Games, which stands for... It's, it's Civ games. Oh. 4X Games means explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Then why wouldn't you call that 4E? I know the X is the second, but I don't like it. Or at least spell it (laughs) 4EX. That's a great point. It's It's because they're all all EX and you don't use X because like extreme you'll do an X. Because X is cool. I get it. It just sounds, it's just the least descriptive term I've ever, like, it just doesn't mean anything. It sounds like Great they have 4X aside. the quality of life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> You're getting people in trouble. So it's not quite the same, but it's it's kind of turn-based. You know, like, your your ally does something, and then you do something. This is very close to, to kind of like the StarCraft-ish because 4X games are, are very similar to real-time strategy games, but because they're turn-based, I decided to throw this into our notes in the progressing turns. Fair enough. A turn-based but is But you important. also, at least in the version that I've played, you have to choose to make it co-op. Like, it's not... Well, that's true. It's not necessarily inherently co-op. You well, have to neither is something ally like yourself. Starcraft. You well, so when we were mode. playing Starcraft, though, it was. But that was a mode yes, choice. Yes, you could like choose in the moves. Civ, it's like you're playing the same mode, but you might be playing the same mode, but just choose to ally yourself. Ah, I see. Ed- editor's note, I just want to appreciate the phrase. It's like that real-time strategy game, except it's turn-based. So it's not real. You know what? <laughs> Moving on. What else do we have? 
So those are the progress in turn co-ops. It's time to get to the largest category of co-op games, which is just individual co-op games where all characters have an equal amount of influence over the game, including camera and if it's even if it's shared screen or individual screen, it's everyone is equally as important as everyone else. Except me, I'm the most important. Always. And everyone is playing at the same time. And everyone's playing at the same time. And if one person dies, it's okay. Everyone else can progress, as long as not everyone dies. Possibly. What do you mean possibly? I think in games where one person dies, the team dies, it also qualifies. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. So, not what you just said. So I think it... (laughs) I'm ignoring you. (laughs) So, like, things like... As much as we've brought up Gunstar Heroes before, Gunstar Heroes at the end of the day is an individual game. Because... If one player dies, the other player continues. Everyone gets the progress. You can come back at any time in Gunstar Heroes, to be fair. You just have the life of the other person. Yes, that's, that is our favorite example of co-op because that is our favorite co-op game. It was the original, true original yeah, co-op that, that's game. That's the OG for us. co-op game for the two of us. Like, I mean, yes, we uh, played Super Mario, but again... In our brains, we didn't think of it as co-op at the time. It, it, by definition, is. But Gunstar was truly a game you felt cooperative in winning. Yeah, and you were running together. We were, you were interacting with the other player. Like, how many times do we throw each other? I was gonna say, there's, there's like, friendly fire in throwing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no friendly fire. By weapons. damage of weapons, but you could throw the other character. And you could throw them into damage. Yes. So, so Gunstar, Overcooked, as we've mentioned quite a few times. This is a game, we all are independent doing our own thing, but we're all working towards the same goal at the end of the day. Also, we're supposed to be. Yes. As we've said. Unless also, you're chucking uh, hot dogs. Very... No, well, yeah, there was too many hot dogs. <laughs> It's only when we weren't going to win anyways. Another OG GW GW game. Slightly later than Gunstar, but Overcooked was one of the first games that the four of us played together. I mean, we played it before Gunstar. Yeah, we Gunstar. have a video of it before we had the, uh, we played it way before Gunstar. For the podcast. For the we podcast, played we played it way before Gunstar. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, the four of us as as people. Yeah, I was gonna say. This was one of the first. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Chris's point. Gunstar was the co-op game that really started Chris and I on co-op. Overcooked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overcooked was probably the first game we played as a foursome, as a co-op. I think for for a lot of people who aren't as sort of hardcore gamers, one of the examples that really jumps out for, for that is Rock Band, or, or Guitar Hero, or, or sort of that variation. The party, that is a the great party game is a version of this yeah. thing of where you can go and you can rock out and it doesn't matter. You're not playing a video game in that way where people were able to just have a drink, sit down, play guitars and drums and scream and yell and have all this fun. It's still a co-op video game. They just found ways of making it feel more like an event. Now you have Just Dance. Just Dance fill that is another game. Yeah, well, and that's... And that's the fun part. We haven't even talked about this. Like, the fun part of co-op games is, like, there's risk, but it's like you're just hanging out and having fun together. You don't feel like you need to reach over and punch someone in the face. <laughs> Unless they do something really dumb. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. So, but. that's the thing. 
I think there's also an important differentiation. There are games that can be played individually, but are more fun in co-op. So, like, mm-hmm. Overcooked and Gunstar and Rock Band. And Rock Band, yeah. You would just be really sad if you played Rock Band all the time. Yeah, you can't. How many people did I offend by saying that? A lot. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't be. I, no, be, but there, there's I'd Guitar Hero, yeah. and Guitar Hero is fun. But you have more fun with rock band because you just there's people around. It's more of an event, as you, Kyle said. I think I think that's important. So games like Guns Are Hero, you can play by yourself. You don't need a teammate. Yeah. Is it more fun with someone else? I think so. I think it's more fun to have someone. I and so I think that's a, a key differentiation. But there's also games I will say that are co-op that you cannot play alone. Period. And discussion. So, Which are annoying co-op games, <laughs> by the way. I, no, I disagree. So, I can give, like, Portal 2, there's the main game, but there's the co-op section. You Fair. literally cannot Fair. play alone. And it's yeah, so much right. fun because of that. There's a game called A Way Out. It's a thing for a PS4 game. And it's a puzzle game very similar to Portal 2. There's more... It's it's escaping from a prison and doing a, a crime together. It's a thing. Literally finding a way mm-hmm. out of prison. No. Yes. It's an escape room. It's beyond that. We're not going to get into details of the game. But it, it's another game very similar to Portal 2 where only one person can do certain things and the other person is waiting mm-hmm. for them to do it, basically. And so it is. you can't play it by yourself. You genuinely, it is a yeah. game you have to have another player. Those, those games that are built for co-op, like like Left 4 Dead. Like Left 4 Dead. Play it, you can play it by yourself with four bots, but it's not nearly... It's not nearly as easy. It's not nearly as fun. It's not as fun. There's added, yeah. Like, Borderlands is a great game by yourself. It's way more fun when you have someone else running around with you. Yes, absolutely. And if, if you look well, at so don't starve together. The word together is literally it's the co-op version of don't of starve. Don't starve. Yeah. That was super interesting. You can that play that alone, though. You can play it alone, but it is adding more players doesn't burden the game, but makes it more fun. Halo is kind of my earliest thought i mean i guess again as we said gunstar was our earliest co-op game but halo was the other game that was really a co-op narrative game like there's there's so few of those where you can you can go through the narrative of the game and it's so much fun in a a tactical level and it's different than gunstar because gunstar is a shared screen yeah and halo is a split screen Mm mm-hmm that Halo split screen co-op campaign was so good. Like that's that's the thing. There's a ton of co-op games, but they're not necessarily co-op campaign yeah. games. No, right? absolutely. That's a great point of co-op versus co-op campaign. So like Portal Two we talk about, there's a co-op campaign and then there's just the campaign mm. campaign. They're literally two different things. Yeah. And and so it's interesting, like Super Mario 3D World, you can play by yourself, mm. but you could do the whole campaign as a co-op as well. And I feel like it works better as a co-op. It's more fun as a co-op. Again, it's Halo. The plot of Halo doesn't change by doing it in co-op. It's not a different game. It's not a different overall plot. Is it more enjoyable in the long run having someone along with you the whole time? In our opinion, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it depends on what you're going with. Like, 
if you're just having fun on the couch. Probably not if you're trying to speed run. <clears throat> well, yeah. Probably not. But but it's it's I think we talk about like I think this comes down to there is a stereotype in the world that has very much begun to change in modern history. But in general, there was the stereotype of the gamer sitting alone in the basement by himself being a sad little lonely nerd. And I'm Kyle. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and that one can probably stay. That one's staying. <laughs> and that that exists. But there is so much joy and happiness in gaming with others. And that's why online play opened up so much to the world. But before online play existed, co-op existed. And having someone playing a game next to you brings so much joy that I genuinely attribute that joy to why I love video games. It's not just that I love the media. It's that Chris and I played together as kids. And we had fun, and those happy, joyful memories as children have fed why I love games still. Go back to, way back, to the arcade cabinets. The Simpsons, X-Men, mm-hmm. those those co-op games where there were four-player games. Beat-em-ups. Those were all right? beat-em-ups. That yeah, the so side-scroller beat-em-ups. I remember being at the Corner Kick Oh, God, yeah. The corner kick playing the X-Men game. The corner kick being the... Indoor soccer. Local indoor (laughs) soccer place that also had an X-Men arcade cabinet. And a bar. And, well, and a bar. (laughs) Which actually sounds really dope now. Right? (laughs) Why is it in a freaking car dealership now? Anyway, going on. (laughs) We we played soccer and then played X-Men in there. It was and 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 a lot. And I say this: the X Men co op game and the Simpsons co op game, the the six Simpsons, yeah, the Simpsons, yeah, and the X Men beat 'em up games that were arcade games are games that if I see them anywhere in the world today, I'm playing them. We played them on the way to Vegas. We played them on the way to Vegas. Eight bit brewing. It's a game that I will insist on playing. If I ever see it, because I there's so much joy that comes from those games, not just because of the games themselves, but playing with other people. It's just yes. fun. It's just, it's just yeah. a shared experience is wonderful. And the fact that so many games give us that shared experience is great. Uh, before we get, we, we're talking about big, broad things. One category within individual that we haven't really talked about is online gaming within individual so things like wow or diablo two or three these are games where you are an individual you created your stats the way you want to you've created your character the way you want to and you could play the whole game by yourself and never interact with anyone else and still get a great complete game but if you join a guild if you join a party it just adds so much more I think we'll just say MMOs are their own entire category outside of individuals. MMO is is a whole other ball of wax. So Chris and I actually spent a lot of time playing these games when we were well. When I was in Florida, we would have we would literally have date nights that were gaming. So at like gross. at that point in time, it would it most most of the games we could find to play were like word games or stuff like that. You know, like online like. Or MSN games. You know, basically that stuff. But what we could play that was an actual game was Diablo 2. Diablo 2, So yeah. we, we literally would have 
I was living in Florida and he was living in Maryland and we would literally have date nights where we would play Diablo 2 together. And we would also, then we started playing WoW later on, I would say. Yes. When we could, when we could afford WoW. Yeah, when we could afford that. <laughs> and, and then you were my protector. So no one else would talk to me. Yes, and by protector you mean when someone came up to us and yeah. tried to interact. Protector would, from creeps. You would run away. I don't mean in the game. I don't mean with <laughs> game characters. I mean with the humans behind the characters. You were you were protecting me from creeps by making sure they didn't try to talk to me. And that was that was a way that we stayed in touch. And that's a way that that's how this podcast started, right? Like we started by saying we should do game nights. Yeah. Because we're on opposite coasts and... And it was COVID times. A pandemic. And we yeah. had nothing better and to do. And we have nothing else to do. And it was like... And you run out of thing to talk about because nothing happened that week because you haven't left your house. Well, yeah. And to be fair, that was before we started doing our regular calls. But it was like, I want... It was a way to connect with everyone, both coast to coast. Genuinely, it was a way to connect coast to coast. And then... Lisa at one point because we've been doing it for probably a month or more and Lisa at one point was like we should stream this I'm gonna stream this and just started streaming it <laughs> and that was the genesis basically of yeah. everything was Lisa was like I'm gonna stream it well I think it was the hot dog stuff <laughs> we were, you know there were so many hot dogs no it was the hot dog stuff to stream it is just a terrible oh no look I, I think in general outside of outside of context of pandemics and all these things. The thing that we haven't talked about really here is that we've talked about what are the types of online co-op? What are the types of co-op games? What are the styles of it? The thing that actually matters with all of these games is it's an opportunity to play video games with someone else and not play them by yourself. It doesn't matter if it's sitting on the couch with someone, playing across the country, playing couch to couch, assistant co-op, MMOs, individual, mm. whatever it is. The whole reason that we're doing this is is to talk about the idea that co-op video gaming is an opportunity to share the thing you love with someone else who loves the same sort of thing or build that love in that person. And all of these games, all of these styles, all of these, these variations, the entire purpose of this thing is connect with people through games. And as we've seen in some of our, our Facebook posts over the course of the last couple of weeks... Mm-hmm. Some people are super judgmental about it. And some people are like, oh, God, video games. I can't believe you do that. And then the other people are like, no, this is important to me. This is a value that I have. This is something that, as a grown-ass adult, means something to me. And I can connect with people, and I can talk with them about it, and I can play with them, and we can have this shared experience, and we can connect on a deeper level. And so all of this other stuff aside, I think we can all agree, co-op video gaming is just a great way to connect with other people over a shared interest. Co-op gaming, Co-op. not PvP gaming, yes. because no, yeah. no, that just, <laughs> that just makes enemies. You you made a great statement, and I immediately threw it into the trash. <laughs> no, because... but co-op gaming is a great way to connect with the people that that we care about in one way or another, and, and I agree. The it's a great way of encouraging a love for gaming that maybe someone doesn't have. You hear about it with people who have kids all the time of like, I played this game with my kid and that's how they fell in love with video games. It makes me feel better because I'm really bad at things. But when I play with other people, especially if the game is done well, I don't, I can still progress through the game. (laughs) But usually I can't. I can't get through something by myself because I will just hand the controller to Chris and say, please get me through this part. But when I can play a good co-op game, that that keyword there is a, a good one. Yeah. Um, 
it can help me get to the end of a game. Yeah, Kyle hit the big word, the, the shared experience. Like, it's a way to share your love of the games. Especially co-op mode as opposed to PvP yes. mode. And I know <laughs> at the end of the day, with this podcast, it is host Chris and host Katie. We are the central protagonists, let's say, of this podcast because we played games together. <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is, our producers also had siblings they played games with. This is not a concept that is solely Chris and I. We are not the only siblings in the world who bonded over playing games. It is... Well, and, and it's games we grew up with. It's We grew we, up with together. In general. But more than that, it's now games that... As a couple, we can play together. It's games as families we can play together. It's mm-hmm. it's so beyond just a simple one or two players playing as as a game or or individually just watching. You're playing as a family. But at the end of the day, gaming is another way that we can connect with the people in our lives. And I think in our modern world we are getting better accepting that gaming is absolutely a legitimate and a wonderful way to connect with our family it didn't used to be the case it used to be a very niche thing it used to be very isolated and solo that is really not only changed along the way but it's been accepted as not a you're weird for having done that like a lot of people have these shared memories of playing games whatever games together with their friends, with their family, with their loved ones. And that's why, especially co-op in general, working together with the people, it just, mm-hmm. it brings connections both in person and online in a way that we haven't had previously. And that it, it, it's a great way, I think, of bringing people together that we that really benefits a human as a whole. I'm sorry. I think that's true. I mean, we've met people that have gotten together become a couple because of playing games together nerds but co-op gaming is at the end of the day a reason this podcast exists is because of co-op gaming not only back when we were kids when we were growing up but as adults going back and playing those games again because yeah if if we hadn't started trying to play those games again online this podcast wouldn't exist so we had to dedicate an episode to it we had to talk about it and Honestly, we'd love to hear from you guys. Reach out to us. What was your favorite co-op experience as a kid? What was your favorite memory of playing a game with a friend as a kid? I'd love to hear it. Reach out to us on our Facebook, our Instagram, wherever. I want to hear your stories because honestly, gaming is is something that we we grow as humans from, in my opinion, and we are better people from it. So I'd love to hear your stories. Tell us your stories. Well, I'll just throw it out to the, the other three of you. What is your favorite or your most memorable co-op gaming experience start with let's start with katie what's your most memorable co-op gaming experience so i'll i'll bring up two because i'm gonna cheat Mm -hmm. the first one will be when i was playing sonic 2 with my best friend back in high school and Mm -hmm. it was the first time we got to the final level and we got all of the chaos emerald so we got to be supersonic and he was gold and epic and it just it felt like we were invincible it's so stupid sounding but we were like oh my god we did it we did it we're gold and we're epic and we can finally beat robotnik and it was just such a great moment of being able to win that game the second one 
is a more modern version of, and we have a video recording of it, of when Chris and I first played Gunstar Heroes again as adults online because we realized we could play Gunstar Heroes online. <laughs> and, 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 and was that like... I was at like one in the morning. It was at like one in the morning for yeah, Chris. That's producer Lisa's fault. Because she, producer Lisa mentioned it at the end of our Rose segment. So it was like 11 or it was like 10 o'clock for me. It was a, it was 1 a.m. for Chris. It was stupid late. And we started playing and there was just such a genuine, pure joy in that moment of reliving not just, only our childhood memory, going back but going it, back yeah. and playing this game that we loved so much. It's one of my favorite memories. And it was a, a clip that we used in one of our YouTube videos. And I'll probably post the clip again later. But I just yelled, we're playing Gunstar Heroes. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it was, it came from genuinely such a place of pure joy and happiness in my heart that it's one of my favorite memories memories because it brought back our childhood but it was also bringing it back as adults to be able to play that together again yeah. was just so much fun it was it was something just going back into that game i like, i loved it so those are my two favorites i just i got yelled at by producer lisa for being loud i was screaming <laughs> through the wall kyle what is one of your favorite co-op memories so i i unsurprisingly we'll take a simple question and make a complicated answer i think the the number one thing for me is actually not one where i was playing co-op but where i was watching and sitting along and and sort of playing along through advice uh starcraft with my older brother because he would be like over the course of a summer break just days and days on end every night you know 9 9 p.m to 2 a.m you know sitting there and i would watch what he was doing and then i would try and play and uh, emulate what he was doing and we would talk through it and we would listening to music and all of that and so even if we weren't actually playing at the same time because we had the one computer it was still a shared experience of playing that game and i thought that was something that was that was mm -hmm. meaningful to to me growing up when it's pure co-op i look at something like time crisis in an arcade oh. with friends and and oh, sort of the like yeah. the adrenaline hit of you're playing at the same time and you don't want to screw it up and you've got these terrible 3d modeled mocap uh people and aliens and all these things <laughs> coming through and then when we look at the thing that has taken the the greatest number of hours in my life you look at a uh, world of warcraft and, and yeah, yeah things like yeah, that and the fair. relationships that i've built through 40 hours a week of playing that and raiding dungeons and, and meeting up with people across the country and, and having people that came together over the course of those couple of years even if I didn't play it for extended periods of time a couple of years of like deep hardcore like raid dungeon playing together it, you know it, it ended up as, as sort of a formative memory for me as well. So I think there's there's different categories for me, but they all they all had a lot of impact. And that's as you said, the the MMOs are just a totally different animal. Like yeah. it becomes almost a social beast. It doesn't like, have to be, but it kind of has to be a co-op yeah, existence. Like WoW and Guild Wars and, and and any of those MMOs. So so on to producer Lisa, what's your favorite co-op memory? So I already mentioned that we had, you know, gaming dates while we were living in separate states so that's kind of one of the memories but then and that's when, when we, we were, that's that's when we started dating like almost it was it was only a few months a, after a we started few dating. months after we started dating yeah so long but once, time ago long long time ago <laughs> i mean it, in a galaxy far away a long time ago but once once i 
moved back up here, it was, you know, we continued gaming as kind of like one of our activities that we would do together. We had like an evening ritual for a while when we were trying, when because we had a rental. We rented it from Blockbuster, uh, Lego Star Wars. Yeah. So we had to play it, like, that's how old we are. We rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> so we had to play it like every night almost. So to, we would to like make sure every we, we evening, blasted through it. Yeah. We would play Lego Star Wars together um, and work through those puzzles. And that was a very puzzly game. Like the original ones were like actually kind of some of them were a little bit more difficult. So I think I really, really liked that. And it kind of, it actually introduced me. Well, I mean, it was the first of the Lego games, but like if I found a series that I really love in that now I own like all of the Lego games. Yeah, but I really enjoyed that time because yeah. I you know, I like to work through a puzzle. And that I love that you guys had date nights around that. That's kind of amazing. But <laughs> Chris, that leaves you. What's your favorite co-op memory? The ones that stick out to me and now producer release is going to make me feel like a jerk for not saying. Please be shooting I your sister in the head in Halo. <laughs> I mean, so the the big thing that jumps out to me in terms of co-op was the first time at the beach that we that we played Halo oh, co-op yeah. because just like that opportunity to be able to play through a story with someone else that's like the first time and obviously Gunstar we could do that but like we were young we didn't understand what we were doing <laughs> to the story I mean it was yeah, there but it like, wasn't like such an immersive story and it was like a such a tactical game. Like just remember talking to either you or the the other person that was there. It it's just making it a tactical thing. It's like oh, I'm going to here. Turn on the light. Throw the grenade. It was so much fun to be able to go through that and not be like oh, I'm trying to kill you because that's just frustrating because one of us is gonna be mad. Like that's. That's the main thing that sticks out to me is that first time I played Halo, Halo co-op. Or as kind of piggybacking on Kyle going with the first time I played StarCraft, just feeling what that is like to, to coordinate with other people. Like that that coordination and that, that communication, that's, that's what sticks out to me. And I think as much as we bring up all these memories, I do want to point out why Chris and I will always bring up the beach and we'll talk about New Year's and the beach all the time is because... Even if they weren't co-op games, they were shared experiences of yeah. it was a even if it was a one player game, all four of us would be yelling at the one or three of us would be yelling <laughs> at the one player who was playing. And I think that's the great thing about co-op games is it's more than just one person is doing it and everyone else is yelling. It's there are multiple people involved and interacting and, and having a choice in what they're doing. And that is a fun crazy experience because sometimes you're working together towards the same thing and sometimes you're trying to just screw over your teammate because it's funny and that's hot dogs and hot dogs and like that's the that's the point it's it's silly and it's ridiculous and it's fun and it's a shared memory and yes you want to punch the person who's screwing everything up but you're laughing along the way and you're smiling and you won't forget that you had a good time despite the fact that you got only one star instead of three because someone was being stupid. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm Kyle! <laughs> so, 
I'm going to wrap it up here because we've talked a lot about co-op games. There's so much to co-op games that are literally the basis of this podcast. But more than Mm -hmm. that, it's the basis of so many people's gaming experiences. Because as much as we joke, how many people genuinely were that controller that weren't plugged in? It's a lot of people. I was the (laughs) controller that was never plugged in. And that's okay. We had that experience together. And we loved gaming together. And co-op games are just another step that bring us together in a fun, beautiful, stupid way to enjoy some um, a media together in a way that I think is just unique to gaming. So this has been a ton of fun talking about it. Co-op games are genuinely the reason this podcast exists. If there weren't co-op games, if there weren't games that we could play together, Chris and I, I don't think would have the same love of gaming that we have such a combined memory of we might both love gaming but we wouldn't have a shared experience if it weren't for co-op games and i really encourage anyone who's out there listening find someone you care about play a game together have some fun whether it is pvp or co-op find a game that you can play with someone you love and have a great time. I mean, you could find someone that you aren't a huge fan of and still play a co-op game with them. That drives this entire podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I just play some games. Playing games with other people, especially together, are are, such a good experience. Go find a good co-op game. Go find an arcade game. Go find a good couch-to-couch game. Go find a good split-screen co-op game and play it with with one of your friends because it's just fun that's what games are for having fun having fun with other people sharing that experience it's great so we always thank our producers at the end of our episodes but genuinely thank you to our producers today for not only helping us with our episodes but playing games with us and enjoying a pastime that has meant so much to Chris and I, but also meant so much to our lives. And thank you for joining us in this stupid adventure that we have dragged you all on. Thank you to our producers. You're amazing. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Join us on social media. Tell us your favorite co-op memory. Tell us a game you wish you had a friend to play with. I want to hear if there's a game out there that is co-op that we haven't talked about. Tell us about it. Get us to play it on an episode. We desperately need co-op games to play on episodes. And on Tuesdays. We're at GWGW Show on Instagram, on Facebook. Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. If we're not GWDO Show, we're also games we grew up with. You know where to find us. Hang out with us. Talk to us. We chat, posting other random stuff on social media. How that happens, we don't know. Say goodbye, Lisa. Goodbye, Lisa. Goodbye, everyone. And I'm Chris. We love you all. Bye. Bye. Pointing out the joke was the joke. I'm sorry. I love you. Oh, now I've made Lisa mad. Second time you've been annoying tonight. Oh, only the second. New record.